0: Good evening and welcome to Good Friday Communion. It's a tradition across the body of Christ and it's one that we enjoy sharing with you each Good Friday. The story of the Word of God is amazing. It is a pursuit of God pursuing man. It's a never-ending one. It begins in the book of Genesis and it does it into the book of Revelations. You see, When God created Adam and Eve, He created them for one simple reason. It's the same reason why you had children. God wanted someone to share His great life with. And when He created man and He put him in the garden, in the evening He would come and walk in the cool of the evening and He would visit with Adam and with Eve. God gave Adam and Eve one command. The one command was simple. There were thousands of trees in the garden, but he said of one tree, you cannot eat of that tree. It was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God told man, the day you touch or eat it, you're going to surely die. Of course, you know the story. Eve ate first, Adam followed. But what was ironic was that as Eve ate, she didn't fall over dead. You see, she assumed because she couldn't see an outward consequence, that maybe it wasn't really true. I think sometimes that might be what all of us think when we do something wrong and don't see an immediate consequence. But that moment, something spiritually happened. Adam and Eve spiritually died. And from that moment on, they would be spiritually separated from God. You know what we all do when we're separated from God? We do foolish things. They did too. As a matter of fact, as soon as they realized they were naked, they began to cover themselves with leaves. The Bible says the leaves that they covered themselves with were fig leaves. Have you ever rubbed a fig leaf? It feels like sandpaper. In other words, they were covering up, and even their covering up, was painful and God came into the garden and he cried out and he said Adam Adam what, where are you and from beneath the trees Adam said we're here in the trees hiding and God said why are you hiding because sin always makes you hide and he said because we're naked and he said who told you you Did you eat of the tree that I told you that you shouldn't eat of? And in that moment, sin brought to Adam and Eve not only spiritual death that would ultimately play out, that God who created them to live forever, now they would have a time frame, a date of birth, and a day that they would die physically but also guilt and fear and shame would daily haunt them, reminding them they were separated from God and not what he created them to be in fellowship with him. When God saw their nakedness, God had an idea, an idea of grace. You see, that's the most amazing part about God is that no matter what we do and no matter what we've done, no matter what we're currently doing, God's heart is always to embrace us that we might be not in the hand of sin, but in the grip of grace. And so God did something that would be a prophetic picture of what he would do to rescue all of mankind. God saw their nakedness. God saw them hiding behind the fig leaves and God killed an animal and shed the blood of an animal to give them skins to cover them that would protect them that would keep them cool and warm that would be soft because that's always God's plan even though we don't think so whenever we do something sinful we always think I can't go to God never recognize that God's desire is never to expose us but it's always to cover us and when he shed blood to cover them with skins, it would be the first picture of God shedding blood to cover the sins of man. From that point on, every time man came to God to pray, he would sacrifice an animal for his sins. That picture carried over into the book of Exodus where God would raise up a deliverer for the children of Israel who'd been in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years. They came 400 years before when Joseph of the coat of many colors was brought into favor and became the CEO and deliverer of all of Egypt. But now 400 years later, there were millions of them and they were now the slaves of the Egyptians. They're in bondage. They would cry out to God. And God raised up from among them a young baby boy. You know the story. Moses. Moses would be called out of Egypt after being raised in Pharaoh's home like his own grandson. And then he would be in the wilderness for 40 years. And then he would come back after meeting God at a burning bush with a message to Pharaoh from God. Let my people go. And to ensure that he would listen, God sent a plague by the hand of Moses that would judge the gods of Egypt. They worshiped the water, so God turned the water to blood. They worshiped frogs, so God gave them all the frogs they wanted. Each one of these plagues judged a god of Egypt. But still, Pharaoh's heart became hard and he refused to let his free slave army leave. And God said to Moses, you go and tell Pharaoh that a tenth plague is coming. And this plague will be that the firstborn of every living creature in all of Egypt will die from an animal in the lowliest home to a child to the heir of his throne in Egypt. What a message. <laughs> what, what, what a powerful message Powerful example of God's grace waiting, 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 till finally God saying to Pharaoh, because you won't let my firstborn Israel go, I will kill your firstborn. That night, there was one method of being saved from that death angel. As a matter of fact, it wasn't just whether you were Egyptian or whether you were an Israelite. It was an obedience to a command that God gave Moses. He said, Moses, you tell the children of Israel to go and you tell them to take and to kill a lamb without spot or without blemish, a year old or less, And to take that lamb and to kill that lamb and to have a meal with their neighbors. And then to take the blood from that lamb and to take it and put it on the doorpost, the entrance of each house. And tonight, when the death angel passes over, every home where the blood is not on the doorpost of the entrance of that home, the firstborn of every living creature would die And he told them the meal that they should have. It was lamb. As a matter of fact, it was a meal just like you see right here. It included a certain type of bread that they would eat. A matzah bread. It included certain types of herbs. And it included, of course, the lamb. And that night as the death angel passed over, there was a cry throughout all of Egypt Mourning the loss of every firstborn child and animal in all of Egypt, except those who put the door, the blood, on the doorpost of their home. For those homes, the death angel, say it with me, it passed over. From that day forward, the children of Israel would celebrate that day, the day they were freed from slavery the day that they were liberated, the day that their children were spared. When Egypt's were not, that meal that they would celebrate every year was called the Passover meal. Now, you have, I know, the bread and the juice now. Just as they did that day as Jesus said it, at what we call the Last Supper. When in reality, it was another Passover meal. But Jesus was about to do something that all believers in the Word of God throughout Hebrew history had waited for. He was about to explain to them the real meaning of this story. Just like the lamb just like the first animal that was killed to cover the nakedness of man. He was about to explain something to them that they'd participated in for years but never recognized that this Passover was not a celebration of just what happened thousands of years before when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt with the death angel. But He was about to reveal to them who the real Lamb of God was. As a matter of fact, Jesus would walk to be baptized by John. And when he walked up to him, John spoke these words, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You see, all the way from the beginning, that skin that covered man's sin. The blood that was shed represented the Lamb of God. And then thousands of years later, when that Lamb would be slain and the blood would be put on the doorpost, it would represent the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. Until the moment Jesus sat with His disciples in Matthew chapter 26... And he had these elements here. And Jesus said, Take, eat. This is my body that is broken for you. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, Drink it, all of you, for this is my blood, the blood of a new covenant. And it's given for the forgiveness of sins. What we call the Last Supper was actually a celebration of the Passover meal, which was actually a picture all the way back to the garden of how God would take man and he would cover him and his sin and his nakedness with the blood of his own son so that man would no longer be separated but be reconciled to God. Now, would you do this with me? Would you take the elements there in your home that you have as we receive communion together? And not only are we receiving communion together, but do you know that we are joining people all across the world? Brothers and sisters in Christ, we're sharing this meal with right now so Jesus took the bread and he held it up like this and he said this is my body broken for you as often as you do this do this in remembrance of me so right there at home would you take the bread that you have whatever you're using to symbolize the body of Jesus and would you break it? And now would you give just a small piece I would encourage the head of each home whether it's a dad or a mom or maybe maybe a grandfather or grandmother that's there and would you have the honor of taking this and breaking this and giving a piece to each family member? Jesus said take it this is my body broken for you and then would you take this juice that represents the blood of Jesus wine and he took and he said to his disciples take drink This is my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Today, Lord, as we join believers all across the world, in our own families, in our own living rooms, wherever we are, We thank you for the broken body of Jesus that was broken so that we could be restored back to relationship with you. We thank you that your blood was shed to cover all the sin of all humanity. But most importantly for us, my sin, your sin, our sin. Thank you, Jesus. Lamb of God from the garden to the cross your blood shed for the forgiveness of my sins thank you thank you in Jesus name amen perhaps you're joining us for the first time and all of this experience is is new to you. First, I want to say thank you so much for joining us, whether it was a friend that invited you or or you just happened to come across this message just for you today. Thank you for joining us. But I want to tell you, for us, the moment of true transformation begins the moment you become spiritually alive. You say, but Pastor, how, how does that happen? Well, Jesus said it. Very well. In John 3, chapter 3, he said, unless a man or woman is born again, they can't see the kingdom of heaven. He said, unless a man or woman is born again, they can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born again. So I want to ask you these words that Jesus spoke. Have you been born again? You say, pastor, what does that mean? Well, my birthday is June the 17th. For my spiritual birthday is the week before Easter, 1971, when I prayed with an African-American counselor in a chemistry lab in the Mexican ghetto of Houston, a little small junior high school. That day, I became a born-again child of God. You say, Pastor, how, how did you do that? Well, it's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer, your perfect lamb see confess christ as you turn away from sin to be born again you see the moment you do that your sins are forgiven and the blood of the lamb is applied to the doorpost of your heart so today if you've never been born again and it only happens once just like the day you were born would you join me in prayer So that this good Friday could be the best Friday you've ever had. It becomes your spiritual birthday. So would you just repeat after me this prayer, if that's what you desire to do. It doesn't matter what your background, whether you've been christened, baptized, joined the church, not joined the church. If you've never been to church, it doesn't matter. This moment can be your spiritual birthday today and this good Friday can be the best Friday of your life would you pray with me repeat right after me dear Lord Jesus I believe you are the son of God I believe that on the cross you took my guilt my sin and my shame and you died for it I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Now say this with me. Today, God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. And I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen.